Welcome to Vox Vomitus, also known as Word Vomit. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the latest episode of Vox Vomitus. I am your host, Jennifer Ann Gordon, the author of the Kindle award-winning novel, Beautiful, Frightening, and Silent, as well as the Hotel series and the recent Pretty Ugly. With me today, as always, is Vox Vomitus, Allison Martine author of the bourbon books with her bourbon right there, which include Dibs since September and Move On Melinda. Our special guest today is Presleza Williams, the author of A Low Country Bride. So um, a fantastic actress and like star of uh, a Nickelodeon show. Is this true, Presleza? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> like those things i am an author and an actress and a mom and a superstar so welcome to the show thank you for having me thank you for being here can you tell our audience a little bit about yourself and a little bit about your book all right so my name is Presleisa williams i am an author i write contemporary romance and women's fiction um, I write own voices stories, um, which means that my main characters usually share the same. Well, they own voices stories are are stories where the author shares the same marginalized background as their characters. And my books, I like to say that they are fiction with an Afro-Filipina twist. So many of my main characters, they share my same heritage. I'm African-American and Filipino. I write um, heartwarming stories, sweet romances, um, usually set in the South. Um, I like to say that my books are hallmark with hard topics. So you would have that hallmark oh. feel to them, but then we would delve into like the deeper stuff sometimes as well. So it's not all roses no. and, yeah. and flowers and all that all the time. <laughs> um, but they always have happy endings. Uh, what else? Oh, I'm an actor. Like Jennifer said, I, uh, as a teenager, I was on the Nickelodeon show, The Mystery Files of Shelby Woo with Pat Morita, the late Pat Morita, who was uh, Mr. Miyagi on The Karate Kid, if you remember that movie. That was really fun. That was a really fun time for me being on the Nickelodeon set in Orlando, Florida. The Nickelodeon Studios isn't in Orlando, Florida anymore, but the 90s Nickelodeon era, I was well part of that. Um <laughs> Who, who, um, if you ever saw the show All That, Keenan and Kel from All That, the guy who's on the Saturday Night Live, Keenan, yeah. he, he was on, yeah, so like I would hang out with him and Kel a lot and stuff and all the Nickelodeon, other Nickelodeon stars of the 90s. So that was a really cool time for me. Did you ever date one of Let's them? Let's see, I'm a mom. <laughs> I have a woman. Huh? I said, did you ever date one of them? Keenan or Cal? No, like no, I never dated one. No, no, no. I was like book nerdy girl. <laughs> I was a book nerd girl. I, I didn't date either of them. We just kind of like hung out at like old like production parties and stuff like that. Um, what else? Oh yeah, I'm a mom. Two kids, nine and eleven. I homeschool them, and I was homeschooling pre-COVID, and then COVID came, and homeschooling was not homeschooling for me anymore. It was like this weird thing where I had to be at home with my kids all day. <laughs> it was lockdown school. It was, school, it was, was lockdown. The same as homeschooling. Mm -mm. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that wasn't my way of homeschooling. Um, 
And what else? That's about all I could think about at the moment. I like the way you described your Oh, you wanted me to talk about my book. Yeah, you got to talk about Low Country Pride, but I love the description of Hallmark with hard topics. Yes. Yes, yes. Um, Okay, so a Low Country Bride. So it's about this uh, wedding planner who um, leaves New York City where she's um, working for this brand name, big name bridal gown designer. And she leaves New York City temporarily to go down south to Charleston to take care of her dad, who breaks his hip. And while she's there, she ends up working at a small, struggling bridal shop in downtown Charleston, which is owned by the hero of the book, a man named Derek. And she comes in with her unique vision and kind of turns the place around. Um, and helps his business grow. And as they're working together, they fall in love. But before they can fall in love, they have to get over their their obstacles to love. And one of them for uh, Maya, the lady here on the cover of the book, Maya is, um, she has sickle cell anemia, which gives her about 10 to 15 years to live. So she has to determine or decide whether or not she wants to allow herself to love knowing this about herself. And she also kind of battles or kind of deal has to do with like the ableism in her industry because not, not that many people know about her illness. She doesn't want people to know about her illness because she's afraid of ableism and stuff like that. And Derek is a widow and he has a single, um, he's a single dad. He has a daughter, a young daughter. And he also has to decide whether or not he wants to um, let himself love again after losing someone that he had hoped to spend the rest of his life with. Yeah, it's definitely one of the second chance at romance kind of deals for both of them, which you don't see very often. It's usually maybe for one or the other, but both of them are coming off such big heartaches that it's like, all right, are these people going to, are they going to risk it? Because both of them have just been so hurt before. So I love yes. when you describe it as hallmark with like the, the heart issues and because they aren't just light issues, like having someone who has a terminal illness, that's a really big thing to overcome. And you deal with other issues, including violence and racism mm-hmm. and all of these things are at the forefront of your book. Yeah. So, um, I, I don't know how to say this. Um, so I'm just going to go for it. You have like this superstar story. Your book, A Low Country Bride, was um, kind of acquired by the publishing industry in quite an exciting way. Um, so there was an open call. Avon did an open call for Own Voices authors. And unagented own voices authors. So um, all of the authors who are watching our show right now are probably hearing this going, an unagented open call to Avon. Um, How did you hear about it? What was the process getting there? Oh, my goodness. Okay. Getting here. (laughs) What is the process? Okay. (laughs) Everyone gather around for a little story that may last an hour. No. We've got an hour um, of drinks. We're good. <laughs> okay. Um, so I started writing back in 2008. Well, I started writing fiction back in 2008. And um, between 2008 and when I went to the open call with Avon Books, um, you know, I, d- I did the whole querying process, like everyone get ma- mass your rejections, go to writers and conferences and pitch, you know, get requests and then 
maybe they like it, maybe they don't. So I've, I've gone through all that roller coaster. So this has been like, I've been doing this for about like 10 years of this. Yeah. So, so I started in 2008 and then in 2018 is when I went, I went to two open calls with Avon. So the first one was in 2018 and I got, um, I heard about that open call through Twitter. Um, Avon had put out um, a message on their Twitter account saying that they were looking for own voices, authors, um, and that they were going to be at the Romance Writers of America conference. Um, and, you know, if you're going to be at the conference to sign up. So I said, oh, I'm going to be at the conference. I'll sign up and I'll pitch this book. So I did. And then they had a list of editors. So I kind of looked at, you know, I read their bios and I figured I picked out someone who did like contemporary romance like me or, you know, what I write. And so I made my appointment. And that first meeting in 2018, there was like so many writers there. Like the line was like outside. The room. I can't imagine. I can't yeah. imagine. An know. open call. Everybody's there with five manuscripts going, publish me now. Yeah. <laughs> I know, like, yeah. Like call. the line was like outside the room. And, you know, we're all, hi, how you doing? You know, trying to like cheer each other up or just being quiet, you know, whatever, practicing our pitch, you know. And so um, I met my my now editor at that time. Um, it was a very short meeting. I pitched this story. And then she said, how many words is it? I was like, well, right now it's about like 60 or 65,000 words. And then she said, well, you know, we kind of pu we've published books that are like between 75 to like 85,000 words. Um, so that's not in our word count, but maybe you want to think about, you know, developing maybe that subplot. And she referred to the subplot with uh, Derek and his daughter, maybe develop that more and you could, you know, uh, make the story bigger. But she said, but of course, it's your story. So you can do what you want. And then she's like, well, nice meeting you. And like, thank you. <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs> yeah. So, oh, so it, I didn't get hurts. a request. It's so close. Um, no, you know, no contact information or anything. I was like, okay, well, thanks. And I just left. <laughs> and an um, I continued smiling. Just go. Huh? Yeah, I was just saying, you're an actress. Just keep smiling. Cry inside. Go yeah. back. You're like, working. <laughs> request my book. Yeah. At least request a partial. Please, <laughs> I will add more words. I'll do three whatever. chapters, just, and then yeah, I can write I the rest while you're reading the three chapters. Uh, um, <laughs> you're speaking our language, Allison's yeah. to that right now. She's like, "Hold on, story of my life right now." <laughs> anyway, yeah. like, so tell us the rest of your story. <laughs> oh yeah, so the rest of the story yeah. is. Um, so I went to. I I continued with the. Um, conference, went to the classes, met some other editors. Then I was like, well, maybe I'll do that. Maybe I'll make it a change, make a change or whatever. Maybe I'll make it bigger. Um, inside though, I was kind of intimidated about by writing like what they would call like a single title length story. Cause I had never written a romance that big. I usually might up until that point, I only wrote, wrote romances that were kind of just focused on the romance. Like I never developed like subplots and thing and full length full length romances that would have like the little, the layers to it. So it kind of intimidated me, but I was like, I guess I'll try it. So then I spent that next year working on it. And I was like, well, you know, I can always pitch it to other publishers and other editors or whatever, because it actually would be better, you know, to make it bigger because not that many publishers would publish a romance that's like 60 to 65,000 words. Anyway, they usually yeah. like to write 
get because yeah, that's the, that's like it's big, like bottom line of novel. It's kind of that cusp of novel and novella, and people will see a book there and go, "How much for this?" Oh, this this is a smaller book. There there is something to that heft of okay, the word counts kind of in the genre standards. So yeah, yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, yeah. So. Yeah, so but I was like inside. I was like intimidated about writing that big of a book, like a big book. Um, so anyway, so then I spent the next year working on it, and then the same, and then the next year I was going to the same conference again. Um, and while I was like maybe a month before, um, Avon put another call and say, "Oh, we're looking for own voices. This time we will be at the conference, and we're also taking online submissions by like oh. there was like an early September date. So if you couldn't come to the conference, you could still submit online, and they had like a special link and stuff to upload your manuscript and everything. So they were doing it like two ways. And so then I said, "Oh well, maybe the editor that I met last year will be there again. Maybe I make an appointment." So then I signed up, made the appointment. Her name was there, so I made the appointment with her. And this time the line wasn't as long. Um, <laughs> but who knows how many came in through like the online submissions. Yeah, like, yeah. They probably had a lot of online submissions. Times. Yeah, I would think they would have gotten way more doing that just because you wouldn't have to physically be there or travel to get there. I'd yeah. be surprised you set up for the same, the same editor. I'd be scared to go back. I'd be like, who else? I don't want to go back to you. <laughs> somebody new. Someone who doesn't. Who doesn't already tell me that the book needs to be different, but you'd made the changes by that point. Yeah. So yeah. that already shows that you can work well with this editor because you took notes, you worked on them for a year. Yeah. yeah. I have a big book now. Yeah, I have a big book. So then I said, hi. So I met with her and I said, hi, I don't know if you remember me because we only talked for like five minutes in what last year. But you suggested that I, you know, do something with this book, like make it a little bitter, bigger, work on the subplot. And I did. So it's bigger. So and then I gave like a little short pitch. She's like, oh, great. She's like, oh, send me the full. So then she wrote down her email address <laughs> in my bullet journal. <laughs> Frame that. Yeah. And now it's a real thing. Thank you. <laughs> yes. Yes. I still have the bullet journal on my bookshelf where she put her email and I put the date of when I met her. So I still have that bullet journal. I love it. Yeah. 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 So I was like, you ah. should frame that, frame that like with like the cover art next yeah. to each other and like the stub of your first uh, check for the advance. <laughs> like, oh, awesome. yeah. Yes. There you go. Yes. So, what so was then the time, I, time then. Okay, go ahead. Yeah. Oh, so then I, um, so then I sent in the manuscript and at the same time, like I said, cause I've been doing this for like 11 years by now. So I was like, Oh, I'm probably going to get like, you know, rejections. So I, so I, then I pitched other editors and, you know, sent them the same manuscript and I pitched agents. I kept pitching, you know, agents, editors, everyone, the whole world. Anyone, anyone, yeah, anyone. anyone. will anyone read this? Yes. <laughs> yes. So then, um, so then, yeah, so I think I sent it to her that summer of 2019. And then in January of 2020, she sent an email saying, oh, do you have time to talk? And I said, oh, okay. Mm -hmm. So I'm thinking that it's usually, it's like a revise and record, uh, what do you call it? Revise and submit. Yeah. Yeah. Revise, revise and submit. Been there. <laughs> yeah, I was like, oh, yeah, it's probably like an R&R. &R. She wants to talk to me about the R&R &R or whatever. So then she called me. She's like, oh, I'd like to acquire this manuscript. And I screamed. <laughs> I would too. Yeah, you I think should. That's scream. the appropriate response to screaming. Were you 
did you have, so I know it was a request for unagented authors. Did you end up getting an agent or are you scared when they were like, we want to acquire this? Did you, my first thought would have been like, I went to school for theater, me, not you. I went to school for theater. Um, I don't have the skill set to negotiate with Avon. <laughs> Avon? Yes. I know, like, Avon. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so for this, for this first book, I did not go in it agented. I went wow. unagented. I know. Okay, you're brave. That's brave right there. I yeah. know. I, I've had friends get accepted places uh, recently. Like, oh, I got an offer, but I don't have an agent. And then they kind of queried some agents real quick saying, look, I already have an offer. And agents were like, oh, I'll be your agent. Because they wanted to, like, get in on the deal. Because they get easy money. They're like, what, yeah. you already sold it? <laughs> yeah. And that's a great way to do it, too. I just didn't want to do it that way because, like, I kind of wanted to take my time to find an agent. So I didn't want to like sign on the dotted line of someone. Then they do, you know, they get, they get in on this deal. And then like maybe later on, I don't like them. And then that's all weird and awkward. Well, <laughs> and you did that. Your story is amazing. Cause you did all the legwork. You went, you pitched, you got feedback. You went and you took the feedback. You did what was asked. You went back. They wanted what, what, what would the agent have contributed at that point? I mean, hopefully, I hopefully you have the experience from having been in the entertainment industry that you've read contracts before. Mm -hmm. So you're not like, I don't know what I'm looking at. This is a problem. So other than that, you did all the work. You deserve your own agenting commission on that one. So yes. bravo. Yeah. You went to so many conventions. You like wrote so many query letters. You know, people don't understand. That takes time. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Writing the perfect query letter. It's not something, I mean, like our, our viewers who watch this who aren't writers, like you have no idea how many hours and weeks and workshops it takes just for a query letter. Oh, yeah. Which is just like, please, will you consider reading the first 10 pages of my book? <laughs> yeah. You got to like grab them in that letter. Yeah. It's yeah. I've had and, it's, and it just sucks your soul. So the fact that you were doing <laughs> it for years and years and didn't give up, that's just, that's, you're amazing. Yeah. Oh, thanks. I, I, I took breaks though. You got to take breaks when you're in the querying trenches. So like I would take breaks from querying and I would still be writing, but I wasn't like actively looking for publication or anything. So I took breaks because it's, it's hard to be out there and doing that. That's a lot of hearing the word no and reading the word no. But I mean, mm -hmm. so I was a, a, a theater performer. You're an actor. Like you mm -hmm. get used to no's, but I felt, I always feel like the no with a writing project, it like hurt more than a no for an mm -hmm. acting project for me. Cause like, you can be turned down for an acting project for so many different reasons. Like yeah. you don't, you don't look right next to the other person in the show. Yeah. You're too short. You're too this. You're too that. You're like, it's just, and those are things like you really can't control. Like I'm mm -hmm. five, two, I'll never not be five, two. Mm -hmm. And if they, like I was being cast against somebody who was six, four, Adam driver, perhaps. Adam driver. Adam driver, perhaps like it would be an awkward thing for uh, us to kiss. Yeah. But like True. my like my words, like that is that's me. That's my soul. Yeah. And when somebody says like, um, I just didn't like it. They're like, Oh, you didn't like my heart. Yes. <laughs> that's exactly it. Yeah, yeah, you put your soul in it. And then like they'll yeah, it's like, you know, it's little stabs at your heart every time. 
Or they well, say something like, oh, I loved every bit of it except for, and then they basically like say the entire plot and you're like, yeah, <laughs> except for all of it. Except for like, I hated the characters and you're like, yeah. <laughs> well, and did I was, you like? <laughs> I, I was reading, um, after I finished the book, I, you have like your acknowledgements there and talking about when this book began. And then when I found out the age of your kids, I'm like, there are some numbers here that line up and I totally can relate to that as far as. When, when you're a mom, especially you've got littles, you are probably not writing and querying full time to the same extent you can when they're a little bit older and aren't physically attached to you at all yeah. times. So I, I'm, I know for me, one of the books that I have that's currently out on sub, I wrote it over a span of years because I could only write it in these little tiny increments and didn't have like the brain space because I was completely sleep deprived to be able to do that. So I was looking at like, okay, so you have a kid that this it's this age and the books this old yeah that tracks <laughs> to be able to do that that's so true yeah as a mom we don't have like that especially mom of small children you don't have that brain space to like devote and i think that's like writing a novel you need like a lot of time to think yes yes like and a mommy, lot. mommy 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 <sighs> It, it cuts off the like the synapse right there and the yes. number of times I'll be working and then it's a little child right here going, mommy, mommy. And they, they could want anything or absolutely nothing or just want you to look at them, but the thought's gone. So yeah. I usually don't even try to write unless I have a complete secluded area. And for years, that was one day a week where after I would drop off one child at a preschool, my other child would go to my mother-in-law for a short period of time and I would go to the gym and then I would write for a little bit and it's like, yeah, this book took years to get to this point. And then when the youngest started preschool, then the rest of the book got done really fast. Like, oh, you're not home. You're not right here in my face. Yeah. Very different. But if you're homeschooling, they're never going anywhere. But they're at least maybe occupied by doing their work. Yeah. So, right here. Yeah. So for me with homeschooling, like I we like go to like different activities during the week. Well, we did. It's kind of so opening COVID. up now. But like during those activities is when I would write. So I always had my writer's bag packed and I always had like a laptop, a notebook, or maybe a novel and a, or a craft book, some printed pages of my manuscript, maybe like a little to-do list of things I wanted to accomplish, you know, a writing session. And so once they're like gone, like they go to like gym class, homeschool gym class or music lessons or like little social play dates and stuff with other kids i used I'm to just, teach a homeschool ballroom dance class uh-huh oh, i love so, that i didn't know you did that that's amazing yeah it was amazing and all the parents would come and they'd just be like thank you and they would all like <laughs> just like hang out like in our hallway like on their laptops doing stuff going like let's just go get a coffee yeah they're safe in this building for an hour yeah. <laughs> you guys learned and how many faults <laughs> i'm gonna go yeah. yeah and I would take I would take because I knew I was like I have an hour now I can really like I get oh yeah and I packed my home um, noise canceling headphones and I'm ready to go so I knew like once they're gone I'm like in the corner so part of the mo other moms some of the moms would come up to me be like oh you're so studious are you like in school or something are you like work you know do you work like remotely and I'm like, no, I'm just, you know, working on something over here. But they always would say, you're so studios. Every time we see you, you're just off to yourself, like on your laptop or writing or something. 
Well, studious though, I noticed on your IMDb bio, because I was checking to make sure I was spelling the name of everything, that the name of the show you were on in Nickelodeon is a long name, The Mystery Files of Shelby Wu. And I'm just like, I'm going to get that wrong if I don't check. But you also, during some of that period of time, you got, you got your MFA too. So some of that you might have actually been studying. Oh, yes. Yes, I was. I totally forgot about that. <laughs> I Yes, yes, what, I was. What was that like? Were you were you workshopping? Because I know we've talked to authors before who were going to school while working on their novel and that part of what they were doing for their MFA was crafting the novel. So by the time they were done with their MFA, they had a book that was basically ready to start querying. Was that a similar process for you or how did that work? Yes. So I wanted to, so I got my MFA. I think I was attending from 2018 to 2020. Yeah, I graduated last year. And I was working, I wrote a whole new novel from that. And it was totally, it's a totally different genre. It's, um, I wanted to do something different outside of romance. So I wrote a dual timeline story that takes place in the present day in the antebellum South. And the two main lead protagonists are like distant relatives of one another. And then I kind of have their stories connecting throughout the story. So I something- love that. I do too. Is that would that be considered? Is that historical fiction, or does that fit under some other subgenre there? Because when you've so, got the dual timeline, yeah. So they usually call it dual timeline. What they call, yeah, they do call them dual timeline stories, or they could be historical fiction. But there is like a subgenre or genres of fiction called dual timelines, where they do have um, stories taking place in the past and the present, and then they kind of like come together at yeah. the end. Because I've read stories like that, but they usually fit into some other genre, too. So I know we've read books. Um, I want to say it was it was one of, uh, and I'm blanking on her name, but we we had one where it was a horror story, and it was Wendy recounting Webb. things that happened Oh, no, Jennifer past. McMahon. McMahon. It was, I knew it was a Jennifer, but I knew it wasn't you. <laughs> it wasn't <laughs> my horror dual It wasn't yours, and it wasn't yours. It was, but it was Jennifer McMahon's, and they have the dual timeline. But it's clearly a horror story, but I don't, I'm assuming you weren't putting in horror supernatural with more of a connected lives. Would it fit under like women's fiction too? Was it, was it women's fiction? Yes, it can go under women's fiction. It can go under historical and, and can go under that dual timeline, what they call dual timeline thing. Very nice. So is that, so is that book going to be coming out? So, okay. So this is the thing. So when you write dual timelines, you got to like kind of make the timelines make sense. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You do. <laughs> that sucks though. So what I'm hearing is they're editing right now. <laughs> this book is maybe being huh? tweaked a little. I, what I'm yes, right yes, now, yes. We're tweaking it a little bit. We're maybe editing so that thing, do this, Mer- merge. That's, that's what we're doing. Merge those So timelines. people go, um, that is actually not how it was. In yeah. The, you know. Yeah. She answered her cell phone. Not in the Annabelle himself, no. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so... I have somebody who's written, like, a book set in the Victorian era, I realized I thought I knew a lot about the Victorian era <laughs> until I was, like, physically writing it, and I was like, and then they did... I'm like, are there did window screens? <laughs> nope, no window screens. Oh, no. I'm like, is there even indoor plumbing? What year am I? Where am I? Like, yeah. This there was is a why when you curve. do, like, fantasy or science fiction, you just attribute it all to different worlds it's like yeah. our world but they did have cell phones in Annabelle himself see it's yeah. fine <laughs> it's not an anachronism yeah <laughs> yeah so actually last night I was kind of putting it together writing spreadsheet or updating it and then I added edit this book edit that manuscript <laughs> on there 
So it's on the radar. It's on the radar. It's there somewhere. Yeah. So, um, so you are agented now. Mm-hmm. And so the process was you became acquired by, your book became acquired by Avon. You have an mm-hmm. editor. You have a book. You have a real book deal, like an honest to goodness book deal. And like, <laughs> and then you queried agents mm-hmm. with a different project. Mm-hmm. So do you think that, like, what was your query letter like then? Were you just like, um, I currently, did you just start with the Avon? Cause that's. She includes the copy of Low Country Bride in there yeah. and go, BTW. Like, this is your query <laughs> letter. It's like your yes. pull sheet is like mm-hmm. this. You're like, you just mail that to them and go like, I'm looking for an agent. Yeah. <laughs> you, you want, you want a piece of this maybe? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so what I did was I did query, um, but what I wrote in my query letter is um, now I can think about like with well, a top paragraph was I was like, hi, my name is Preslisa Williams. Um, I am in published author, even though the book was coming out. It's like I'm a published author. My novel, um, A Little Country Bride, will be coming out in 2021 with um, Avon HarperCollins. And I'm looking for representation for future projects. So that's what I said. And then I kind of wrote a little bit about, oh no, and then I would write about my my future project that I was thinking of. And then um, and then I wrote a little bit about myself, like my biography, like I have an MFA. And then I wrote something a little bit fun, like I spent too much time on Facebook and stuff. <laughs> like at the very end, I was like, well, you know, looking forward to hearing from you. Thank you so much. And so I got people who rec- who asked for um, samples of my project that I'm working on, or they asked for um, copies of A Low Country Bride. So then I asked my editor if I could like send them to the agents who requested them, and she said sure. Um, and so I got that. And then some people actually people said no. I got rejection still. So you still it never get rejected. Away, does it? Still get never goes away. Never <laughs> goes away. Gosh, but we love the business. Yes. That's why we're here. We love it. We love it. <laughs> so yes, you still get rejections. I got like a couple rejections. I got like twenty rejections, I think, last year for agent rejections. So, so yeah, you still get rejections. Um, I still did, even though I wrote, you know, oh, I'm gonna be published with Avon, blah blah blah. So it happens. Um, and then I kind of narrowed it down to people who were interested, and then you know, some people asked for more of my manuscript and then and then I got some offers and I did get more offers this time than I did pre pre um the low country bride so then I could kind of pick who I liked and so then I just kind of talked to people or talked to the agents on the phone or I read their representation agreements and then I kind of narrowed it down to two and then I narrowed it down to one and then I signed up that one See, and this kind of stuff is fascinating to me because I feel like there's kind of the expected story of you write a book, then you query, then you get an agent, and then you go on submission, and then you sign a book deal. And it's all nice and linear, but we've talked to so many authors that that is not what happens, and everybody has a different story. So I love hearing this because I think you're the person we've talked to who who got 
published before they got an agent and got traditionally published before they got an agent. Because I know some of us, we got published with small publishers, so it didn't usually require an agent. Mm -hmm. But for you to get published with a big name like Avon, and then then afterwards go back and get an agent, and that you still were having to go through the query process. That's that's just really fascinating that it worked that way, and that some of them weren't just like, yeah, yeah. obviously she's marketable. She's already on the market. She's already on the shelves. I'm like, I, I did your work for you. <laughs> yes. Like, I already have a brand. We don't I have, have a brand. to worry about this. It is beautiful. Yeah. Well, and, I love, and I love the branding that you, that you said. Um, and I, I wonder if some of them were expecting you to write something else that was in the same genre and were any of them like going, okay, I, I want to represent you, but I want something more like this. I want something else that can go back to Avon, that can go back to that same editor because you already have a relationship. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Your your um thing kind of broke up when you were at, do you just ask me a question? <laughs> oh, yeah. I was just saying, I, you know, I was wondering if, if any of them were like wanting you to go back towards the same stuff you were doing for Low Country Brides to like go back with Avon, go back with the editor because you already have a relationship with that editor so yeah. i know that so much of it is about like finding that right fit and it's almost like it's not just a one fit it's like a multi-person fit where it's agent to, to author and then author and editor all of those pieces have to line up so since you already had the agent or the author and editor piece i was wondering if any of them were like we need to capitalize on that and want to push you back towards more romance yeah, yeah. So what I did, yeah. So I did. Um, when I was writing, well, when I was targeting agents, I I targeted agents who do represent romance, and then who also do represent women's fiction because I do have that MFA thesis out there that I need to fix the timelines for. So, <laughs> so, um, and then even before I was published, I um heard like my, my other published author friends who were saying that once you like write or publish a book in like a certain genre, then usually publishers like you to build on that genre and establish your audience with that genre before you jump off into another genre. So, so yeah, so they I, they do want to build you know my brand of romance, Hallmark with hard topics, Afro fiction with an Afro Filipina twist, and all that lovely stuff, and hopefully we can do that. Well, and I also liked how you factored in your love of fashion. And I have to assume you love fashion because I cannot imagine somebody writing so much about stitching and then the different color schemes and the sheath dress. I'm like, I know what a sheath dress is. You lost me after there because I am not a fashionista, but I knew that part. But I love <laughs> how that came through that you, your character clearly had like a passion for what she was doing. And I, I thought it was, and, and I don't know if this was intentional or, or not, but the fact that you referenced the idea of gatekeepers a lot in your book about the gatekeepers of like, this is what is quality. This is what everybody wants. And yet that's not always what people want. It's not what customers want. It's not what readers want. Was that something that was like a, a wink and a nod to the publishing industry? Or was that just, that was just happenstance? Um, so I think it is a nod to, to the publishing industry, but I did it through the lens of fashion, obviously. <laughs> this is, this is about fashion. I have this no idea just what you're talking about, about gatekeepers. And hemlines. Yes. <laughs> and stitching styles and seashells. That is it's all it is about. A metaphor for word counts. Yeah. Yes. yes. <laughs> Your headline's too short. Your word count's too short, too. <laughs> Get rid of all these seashells. Oh, that's basically saying kill my darlings. I know. Uh, yes. <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> yes, it is. For me, it is because I'm a writer. Um, you know, kind of just finding, you know, you have this story. It's not like kind of, it hasn't been seen in the market a lot. Like there's variations on it. Um, but like this particular type of story hasn't been like in the market. So it kind of, 
for me, it was like, you know, do I stay true to what I really love and what I want? Or do I kind of cut off these pieces of my story to kind of fit what's already on the shelves? Were you getting any kind of feedback saying, like, change your MC or that they didn't want a character who was struggling with something like sickle cell anemia? Or what, or were, were you getting any kind of specific feedback? Because I know a lot of us, like, the people who don't write don't necessarily know that queries can be anything from go away, we don't like you, to very, we call them the champagne rejections, where they love everything, but they still say no. But some people do actually get feedback that says, change this. So were you getting any kind of things that were saying we want you to change some element of your story? So um, this is what happened with this story. <laughs> okay, so when I first wrote this story, it did not have the elements, like the multicultural elements in there, the themes of racism, the themes of um, terminal illness, the themes of um, the themes of like violence. When I first wrote this story, like when I started it like 10 years ago, it was a straight romance, bridal, bridal themed romance, wedding themed romance. And it had uh, about this a woman who has these big dreams of like making it big in New York, but she has to decide if she has to determine if she wants to do like stay true to her Southern roots or, you know, make it big in the big city. So that's kind of like basically like a, an expected trope or storyline or whatever. I've read so, something very similar. Yeah. 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 So that's what this story was. It didn't have these other layers to it. I didn't put those layers in it. And I was, um, pitching it just like that, but I was getting like lots of rejections too. <laughs> so I was getting rejections, but I was trying to fit the mold, but I was yeah. getting rejected when I fit the mold. So, <laughs> so then after like years of this, I said, well, you know what? I'm just going to do it the way I want to do it. So then, <laughs> yeah. So then I said, I'm going to keep the skeleton of that story, but then I'm going to put in these other things that are interesting to me that, that interest me or that I'm passionate about. Um, like you said, you know, staying true to yourself versus fitting that mainstream mold, those things, like all those themes that you see in the book were things that were interesting to me that I put in after I, I had gone through like rejection number 267. I just started putting in the stuff that I like. <laughs> Well, I, I'm I'm sorry you had to go through so many rejections, but I'm glad that it got to the point where you're like, you know what, I'm going to be putting in what I want. And that's a hard thing about when you're doing something like this, where it's a reflection of you, but then other people are weighing in on what your reflection is. And you're like, but this, this is my voice. And this is the way it reads true for me. And then someone else saying, yes, but audiences won't want this out of the other thing. But it's like, if you don't give it to the audience to let them react to it, how would you know? It's like, everybody's just presuming, well, an audience wouldn't want to read. Mm, an about sickle cell anemia. Out. Where it's like, yeah. yeah, I do. I want to read about sickle cell anemia. I, yeah. you, know, <laughs> you know, I think, like, just finding characters that are real characters who are struggling with things will always make them more relatable. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I mean, I think one of the things when I've read stories where the main character is what we like to call the Mary Sue, where they mm -hmm. have no struggles and they have no really inner life. They're just like, I show up and I give it my all, but there's nothing else going on behind the eyes. That's not yeah. a story anyone can connect with. It's not a story anyone can relate to. And yeah. uh, you know, that we all have those struggles. We all have those inner doubts and I think it's it's a good thing to have characters that reflect some of your own passions and your own 
own kind of insecurities even for like, okay, am I going to try to do this again? Am I going to try to fit myself into this mold or am I going to keep querying and get beat down some more? Yeah. Yeah. So true. Yeah. So you, um, oh, sorry. I'm not, you know. I was going to say, did you ever think, you know, when, because we've all been in there in rejection city, did you ever think somewhere around rejection 200? Like, <laughs> what if I just self-publish? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I did. <clears throat> Definitely. I had plans to self-publish this. <laughs> So even as I was um, submitting, like even as I got the request from the open call for from Avon, and then I was at the writers conferences and sending this book to other editors and publishers and agents, I had by this time, I had already <clears throat> also had this plan, other plan in my bullet journal of time checklist. Same bullet journal. Yeah, same bullet journal where I was like, okay, well, we're going to self-publish this. So I kind of, I lined up. So I was like, how do I self-publish? So then I went into the all the great Facebook groups with all the indie authors. And like, they have, they have a very great community where they like, you know, freely share information. So they have uploaded like spreadsheets, timelines, you know, things to do, countdowns, releases. So I kind of like, okay, I'm going to do this. If this, you know, the traditional publishing falls through and everyone rejects it, then I'm going to do this. So I just kind of started on that path at the same time that I was hitting send to them. So, yeah. You sound more prepared to self-publish than some of the people who actually did self-publish. <laughs> you, you were definitely more prepared to self-publish than when I self-published. I was like, I'm just going to do this. And then I'm like, I don't know how to do this. <laughs> Well, there, there's, there's a lot of moving pieces and it's definitely a different situation when you've got a traditional publisher or even a small publisher who's doing a lot of these things for you. And mm -hmm. there's like a spectrum between a large publisher who will do lots of stuff for you and a small one who's like, we'll handle some of this, but the rest of this, you're on your own. And then yeah. when you're truly self-publishing and it's like every little piece of this is all my own blood, sweat and tears. And, you know, something's not perfect. The only person to blame is me because I did everything. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's so true. Um, but yeah, I, I was ready for that. Um, I don't think that I have like the 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 time to do like truly indie authoring right now. Like I don't really have that time. Probably if you know my children are out the house or you know, then I could totally like go full time indie. Um, but yeah, I was ready for that, at least for one book. <laughs> one at a time. That's all you can one really at a time do. is all yeah. you can do. Um, yeah. so, um, I hate to cut us short, but we are running out of time. Uh, do you, so do you have anything, any new releases coming up or are we still like in the top secret stage of things? Things are being shopped around. We're in the top secret stage of things, but I am <laughs> writing. I'm writing furiously, but yes, we are in the top secret thing, um, stage of things. <laughs> I understand that. <laughs> I think we're all like in the, um, I can't really talk about this, but there is stuff happening. So, <laughs> yeah, but, but I am writing my butt off. <laughs> yes, that's awesome. Well, and this, this is me suggesting writing, but I don't know. You might, with your bullet journals, you might be someone who drafts longhand. I don't know. I do draft longhand. Whoa. See, some people have legible handwriting. Some people don't. My handwriting looks like a serial killer's. <laughs> <laughs> I I um when I when I draft hand when I handwrite my drafts, I write in print so that I don't have to deal with that because my cursive is really messy when I get in my flow. 
So I just write everything in print so that when I have to go back to type it in, I'm just like, okay, I know what this is. <laughs> well, that is incredible. Uh, Chris Laza, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. Allison, thank you, obviously, for being here. Uh, thank you to Roman, our producer. Thank you to Pam Stack, our executive producer. Thank you to everybody at the Global Authors on the Air radio network. This has been a copywritten podcast by the Global Authors on the Air. Stay tuned next week when we will have back once again Carol Goodman discussing her latest novel, Stranger Behind You. Uh, very excited about that. So we will see you all next week.